Hey, it's Carla Farrell from the Steve Harvey Morning Show podcast, and I'm so happy to be here on the iHeart Podcast Network being sponsored by AT&T. We both know firsthand that listening and being heard can lead to change. AT&T knows all about this, too. They started listening to their customers who spoke out that they weren't getting a fair deal. Now they're giving every customer, both new and existing, the same great deals. So listen up and learn more about getting a great smartphone deal at att.com slash best deals. Restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Samsung. Moms help everyone be their most epic selves. So for Mother's Day, help mom be her most epic with Samsung Galaxy Gifts. Like a smartwatch with next-level fitness tracking. Or the statement-making Galaxy Z Flip 5G that lets mom flex her style. This year, celebrate what makes mom epic with Samsung Galaxy. Today's show is pre-recorded. everybody you are listening to the voice come on dig me now one and only steve harvey got a radio show why because god god is in the blessing business if you go get in line he has something for you god is amazing the plan he actually has for you is so far greater than you can possibly imagine it's really mind-blowing And as I look back on where he's brought me from and what he's currently doing for me, all I can do is tell you is God. That's all I can tell you because I tell you right now, I didn't foresee it 
you know, it, it oftentimes amazes me when I listen to celebrities when they interview, how they say, you know, I always, always thought I, that this would happen for me. And I just, you know, I, it could be true. But for me, it's not that way at all. I didn't imagine it this way. I had a dream of becoming famous one day, but I had no idea it would it would ever get to this. It was a very, very simple uh, desire for fame. There is no way I could have seen all this. There is no way. I am telling you, this is this has been nothing for me but the grace of God. And all the times I failed, every time I had fallen, he picked me up, he dusted me off, and he kept me moving. It has been an amazing thing to watch God do what he do. As I look back on my history, and you sometimes look back on your history, you've got to see, man, wow, what God has done for you and what he's brought you through to enable you to be where you are. It is amazing. Because really, I mean really, real talk now, had he allowed all of the decisions I had made to play all the way out, I can assure you I wouldn't be here today. But God, through this grace and mercy, who had a plan for me, who was just waiting on me to come get in line, and then he was going to start emptying out. He was going to start shipping out all the boxes in heaven with my name on it. And man, what a great God he is. What a great God he is. And you have boxes of blessings with your name on it that he is waiting to ship, but he needs you to go down there and get in line. That's what it is. It is not that he has more boxes for other people than he do you. He got boxes with your name on it who have never been shipped because you will not get in line to go get them. You will not ask God for them. You will not do the things necessary to attain them. We stop our own blessings, man. I have been the biggest stopper of my blessings than anybody else. I can't really get mad at nobody. I got nobody to blame for my existence but me. But then at the same time, I can't take credit for them. I really, really can't. I, I kid you not, I cannot take credit for it. And if you ever see me taking credit for it, Tap me on the shoulder, say, Steve, pull up. Remember you said this ain't about you. If you catch me taking too much credit, you have my permission to stop me. Now, here is the deal, though, and, and this is what I want to get through to you today. Moving forward while under attack, new level, new devil. You know, every time you go somewhere, every time you try to progress, every time you make a decision to be better, to do better, there's going to be a confrontation you're going to have because it is the enemy's job to not see you go forward, do better, want more, behave yourself. There is a force that is operative out there that has people working on his behalf 24-7. You got a computer? Go, go read a blog. Just go read a blog. They busy, man. Not knowing, but just saying evil stuff constantly. That's their job. Well, here's, here's what happens. I, you, we have to always keep moving forward while we're under attack. Because the attack is going to always come. 
If you allow the attackers to stop you, you will lose that particular battle. And you cannot afford this. You know, my father used to say, uh, be careful when you're trying to kick somebody off the ladder because you got to take your foot off too and you might slip. And so when people are taking their feet off the ladder, most, some of them ain't, most, the majority of them ain't even on a ladder. They just at the bottom throwing stuff up at you. They are just shaking your ladder. They ain't even, they ain't even on your level really tell you the truth. They're really not. You have moved on far beyond them, spiritually, physically, everything. But they are still shaking your ladder and attacking you. Keep moving forward while under attack because the attacks are going to come. If you take the time to stop and address it, you are impeding your own progress. This is very important to understand. Go on about your business and remember Steve Harvey and remember those of you out there, there is a Bible verse that helps me out every time. And I don't know why. I got it on six different plaques sitting all around my offices. Everywhere I go, I can read it. Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. That because this is, that he will put me under his wings of protection. And this is my inheritance as a servant of the Lord. Period. I'm his boy. He my man. So, so dig. So, so when you come in for me, I have to just rest on that laurel right there, that he got it, that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I'm just like you sometimes. You know, we know better, but sometimes we don't do better. Man, let them say what they're going to say. When they get through saying it, when they get through writing it, when they get through talking about you, when they get through lying about you, guess what they're going to have to do? They're going to have to step back and watch you rise. They're going to have to kick back and watch what God got for you. Because nothing God got for you can't nobody stop it. I don't care what they do. Keep moving forward while under attack. You know something? i tell you something. Minister Louis Farrakhan taught me something very important one day. He said, Steve, remember this. He said, it is a common thing for a dog to bark up at the moon. But if the moon barks back at the dog, the dog becomes famous. You feel me? The moon was talking to you? What did you, how did the moon stop and talk to you? Don't give them that. Let the dog bark up at the moon. Don't you be up there. You go where God got you going. Don't bark back at this dog because the dog come famous because they ain't going to be able to get to you, but the dog is famous. Now they want to interview the dog. Now the dog, guess what? He going to do more barking. Guess what? About you. Man, go on about your business, y'all. God is in the blessing business all day long, man. Go get in line. Get you some. Get them packages and boxes shipped to you. They got your name on it. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. Hey, it's Carla Farrell from the Steve Harvey Morning Show on the iHeart Podcast Network, talking AT&T. Here's a question. What's it like to feel lucky? We've all got a lucky friend. The one who wants a big new TV and boom, suddenly the TV's on sale. They drive around town and boom, suddenly the perfect parking spot is right there. It's a great feeling when things go your way. And now AT&T is giving everyone that I just lucked out feeling every day. Good things shouldn't only favor the few and AT&T gets this. So they're making a big change in giving all of their customers both new and existing the same great deals. That's right. All. 
new customers, existing customers. That means everyone, everybody, everybody, whatever big, juicy AT&T deal you see, you can jump on it. And that beats a good parking spot every day of the week. This is huge. Whether you've been with AT&T for years or just starting to think about switching, visit att.com slash best deals to learn more. Restrictions apply. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the ride. Steve Harvey Morning Show. Uh, Very, very special show this morning. This is the MLK Show. This is where we recognize one of the greatest leaders of all time. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm proud to say that I was alive to see one of the greatest leaders ever born in this world today, Martin Luther King. Make no mistake about it. You can say who you want to say. I could throw a Martin Luther King and I can match him. This was a bad, bad man, man. And so we're here to celebrate his birth, his life, everything. And we got the whole show here to get it done. Let's get it started. Shirley Strawberry. Good morning. Happy MLK Day, Steve. Carla Pharrell. Good morning. Happy MLK Day, everybody. What you got, Junior? Morning, everybody. Happy Kang Day. Kang. Mm. <laughs> Nephew Tommy. <laughs> top, top. MLK, greatest of all time. Yes, sir. Oh, yes, man. sir. 2021, here we are. You know, y'all, y'all got to live to see King. I had to read about him in the books. I wasn't even here. I didn't wow, see King. That's crazy. Too. I didn't you know either. I had to find out wow, about King in that's the books. Y'all didn't. Tommy, you was 10. You was just born. Tommy, you were born in what, 67? Yeah. He he was a, a wow. year later when you was one year old he was killed, right? Man, yeah. I was eleven. Yeah, you got to see him. Wow. Eleven, wow, Steve. Hey man, Miss Blandon made us watch the funeral on TV. She bought a black and white TV to school and made us watch the funeral on TV. Mm-hmm. Messed us up because we didn't understand. Because you know, um, when 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 I came home, man. When, that, uh, when I came home from school, when he had been murdered, my father was home. He had left work. And him and my mother were standing there crying. And I couldn't understand it. I came home, I said, man, why y'all crying? Why they crying? And my mm. father said, white folks don't want us to have nothing. Mm. And that's but when I that went. just that image, yeah, seeing what? your parents crying. And that was him. My father, that was his analogy of the whole thing. White folks don't want us to have mm. nothing. They didn't kill this man right here. Ain't did nothing to nobody. Mm. All he wanted to do was have us together. And that's when I thought. And it sent me into something as a child because I began, I thought what my father was saying was factual. Yeah. You know what I'm mm. saying? And I accepted mm-hmm. that. And I went, and I lived mm-hmm. for a lot of years with that thought. Mm-hmm. You know? Wow. A lot of years with that thought. And so. And our, our parents were so strong, Steve, and to see them cry like that, oh, oh I can only imagine. I yeah. didn't understand heartbroken. They were heartbroken. Down, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, that was, yeah. that was devastating, man. This devastating. was their hope, yeah. you know, for holding hands, the speech in 64. I have a dream. And then from there, man, he, we, th- man we thought we was going to get somewhere. And they killed this dude. My father was going, boy. Oh, he was through. Oh, he was through. And so, yeah. Wow. 
Well, he left a legacy with his speeches and just all the good work, you know, with his nonviolence that he taught us. And, and, you know, his birthday is always celebrated as a day of service. So That's right, Shirley. um, Yeah, yeah, we're going to play some of the highlights all morning of Dr. King's most famous speeches. And uh, that's what we're going to do here as we celebrate Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. on this day. We'll be back. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. Right now, here's the drum major instinct speech on the Steve Harvey Morning Show. An instinct, it's a kind of drum major instinct, a desire to be out front, a desire to lead the parade, a desire to be first. And it is something that runs the whole gamut of life. And so before we condemn them, let us see that we all have the drum major instinct. We all want to be important, to surpass others, to achieve distinction, to lead the parade. Alfred Adler, the great psychoanalyst, contends that this is the dominant impulse Sigmund Freud used to contend that sex was the dominant impulse and Adler came with a new argument saying that this quest for recognition, this desire for attention, this desire for distinction is the basic impulse, the basic drive of human, human life, this drum major instinct. And you know, we began early to ask life to put us first. Our first cry as a baby was a bid for attention. And all through childhood, the drum major impulse or instinct is a major obsession. Children ask life to grant them first place. They are a little bundle of ego. They have innately the drum major instinct. Now, in adult life, we still have it, and we really never get by it. We like to do something good, and, you know, we like to be praised for it. Now, if you don't believe that, You just go on living life and you will discover very soon that you like to be praised. Everybody likes it as a matter of fact. And somehow this warm glow we feel when we are praised or when our name is in print is something of the vitamin A to our ego. Nobody is unhappy when they are praised, even if they know they don't deserve it, and even if they don't believe it. The only unhappy people about praise is when that praise is going too much towards somebody else. But everybody likes to be praised because of this real drum major instinct. Do you know that a lot of the race problem grows out of the drum major instinct? A need that some people have to feel superior. A need that some people have to feel that they are first and to feel 
that their white skin ordained them to be first. They have said over and over again, in ways that we see with our own eyes, in fact, not too long ago, a man down in Mississippi said that God was a charter member of the White Citizens Council. And so, God being the charter member means that everybody who's in that has a a kind of divinity, a kind of superiority. And think of what has happened in history as as a result of this perverted use of the drum major instinct. It's led to the most tragic prejudice, the most tragic expressions of man's inhumanity to man. I mean, not only does this thing go into the racial struggle, it goes into the struggle between nations. And I would submit to you this morning that what is wrong in the world today is that the nations of the world are engaged in a bitter, colossal contest for supremacy. And if something doesn't happen to stop this trend, I'm sorely afraid that we won't be here to talk about Jesus Christ and about God and about brotherhood too many more years. If somebody doesn't bring an end to this suicidal thrust that we see in the world today, none of us are going to be around because somebody's going to make the mistake through our senseless blunderings of dropping a nuclear bomb somewhere and then another one is going to drop And don't let anybody fool you. This can happen within a matter of seconds. They have 20 megaton bombs in Russia right now that can destroy a city as big as New York in three seconds with everybody wiped away in every building. And we can do the same thing to Russia and China. But this is why we are drifting. And we are drifting there. Because nations are caught up with the drum major instinct. I must be first. I must be supreme. Our nation must rule the world. And I am sad to say that the nation in which we live is the supreme culprit. And I'm going to continue to say it to America. Because I love this country too much to see the drift that it has taken. God didn't call America to do what she's doing in the world now. God didn't call America to engage in a senseless, unjust war as a war in Vietnam. And we are criminals in that war. We've committed more war crimes almost than any nation in the world. And I'm going to continue to say it. And we won't stop it because of our pride and our arrogance as a nation. But God has a way of even putting nations in their place. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. Welcome back to the ride. We will continue with more of Dr. King's The Drum Major Instinct speech. Nobody is unhappy when they are praised, even if they know they don't deserve it, and even if they don't believe it. The only unhappy people about praise is when that praise is going too much towards somebody else. But everybody likes to be praised because of this real drum major instinct. Do you know that a lot of the race problem grows out of the drum major instinct? A need that some people have to feel superior 
a need that some people have to feel that they are first and to feel that their white skin ordained them to be first. They have said over and over again in ways that we see with our own eyes. In fact, not too long ago, a man down in Mississippi said that God was a charter member of the White Citizens Council. And so, God being the charter member means that everybody who's in that has a, a kind of divinity, a kind of superiority. And think of what has happened in history as a, as a result of this perverted use of the drum major instinct. It's led to the most tragic prejudice, the most tragic expressions of man's inhumanity to man. I mean, not only does this thing go into the racial struggle, it goes into the struggle between nations. And I would submit to you this morning that what is wrong in the world today is that the nations of the world are engaged in a bitter, colossal contest for supremacy. And if something doesn't happen to stop this trend, I'm sorely afraid that we won't be here to talk about Jesus Christ and about God and about brotherhood too many more years. If somebody doesn't bring an end to this suicidal thrust that we see in the world today, none of us are going to be around because somebody's going to make the mistake through our senseless blunderings of dropping a nuclear bomb somewhere and then another one is going to drop and don't let anybody fool you. This can happen within a matter of seconds. They have 20 megaton bombs in Russia right now that can destroy a city as big as New York in three seconds with everybody wiped away in every building. And we can do the same thing to Russia and China. But this is where we are drifting, and we are drifting there because nations are caught up with the drum major instinct. I must be first. I must be supreme. Our nation must rule the world. And I am sad to say that the nation in which we live is the supreme culprit. And I'm going to continue to say it to America because I love this country too much to see the drift that it has taken. God didn't call America to do what she's doing in the world now. God didn't call America to engage in a senseless, unjust war as a war in Vietnam. And we are criminals in that war. We've committed more war crimes almost than any nation in the world. And I'm going to continue to say it. And we won't stop it because of our pride and our arrogance as a nation. But God has a way of even putting nations in their place. The God that I worship has a way of saying, don't play with me. He has a way of saying, as the God of the Old Testament used to say, the Hebrews, don't play with me, Israel. Don't play with me, Babylon. Be still and know that I'm God. If you don't stop your reckless course, I'll rise up and break the backbone of your power. And that can happen to America. 
Every now and then I go back and read Gibbon's decline and fall of the Roman Empire. And when I come and look at America, I say to myself, the parallels are frightening. We have perverted the drum major instinct. Every now and then I guess we all think realistically about that day when we will be victimized with what is life's final common denominator. That's something we call death. We all think about it, and every now and then I think about my own death, and I think about my own funeral, and I don't think of it in a morbid sense. Every now and then I ask myself, what is it that I would want said? And I leave the word to you this morning. If any of you are around, when I have to meet my day, I don't want a long funeral. And if you get somebody to deliver the eulogy, tell them not to talk too long. And every now and then I wonder what I want them to say. Tell them not to mention that I have a Nobel Peace Prize. That isn't important. Tell them not to mention that I have three or four hundred other awards. That's not important. Tell them not to mention where I went to school. I'd like somebody to mention that day that Martin Luther King Jr. tried to give his life serving others. I'd like for somebody to say that day that Martin Luther King Jr. tried to love somebody. I want you to say that day that I tried to be right on the wall question. I want you to be able to say that day that I did try to feed the hungry. I want you to be able to say that day that I did try in my life to clothe those who were naked. I want you to say on that day that I did try in my life to visit those who were in prison. I want you to say that I tried to love and serve humanity. Yes, if you want to say that I was a drum major, say that I was a drum major for justice. Say that I was a drum major for peace. I was a drum major for righteousness. And all of the other shallow things will not matter. I won't have any money to leave behind. I won't have the fine and luxurious things of life to leave behind. But I just want to leave a committed life behind. And that's all I want to say. If I can help somebody... As I pass along, if I can cheer somebody with a word of song, if I can show somebody he's traveling wrong, then my living will not be in vain. If I can do my duty as a Christian ought, if I can bring salvation to a world once wrought, if I can spread the message as the master taught, then my living will not be in vain. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. Hey, it's Carla Farrell here from the Steve Harvey Morning Show podcast. I'm so happy to be here on the iHeart Podcast Network being sponsored by AT&T. The discussions we've had on this show have made me think about my stand on some issues. These are voices and messages that need to be heard and shared. I've seen firsthand that listening leads to change. AT&T understands this too. 
For a long time, their customers have been saying it isn't fair for new customers to get better deals than existing customers. Recently, AT&T started listening and they made a big change. Now AT&T is giving all their customers, both new and existing, the same great deals. It doesn't matter if they've been with AT&T for a few years or never have before. Everyone pays the same. That's the power of making your voice heard. We all know the typical service experience. This is a pretty big deal for AT&T to start hearing out their customers to learn and change for the better. So listen up and visit att.com slash best deals restrictions apply. And Steve, we got to say happy belated birthday to you. Yes, Yesterday sir. was yes. your 64th Big doggy birthday. Dog. Yes, sir. 6-4, uh, like switching. 6-4, <laughs> pimp, you know what I'm saying? Look at him smiling. Sure. Looking all good, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's hard, it's, it's hard to be this fly at 64, man. I ain't going to lie to you. I felt yeah. like it. I said, man, but you know, in all honesty, man, just number gratitude, man. Cause yeah. I'm gonna tell you, man. It was just some times, man. I, I really didn't think I would see 64. That you would mm-hmm. make it huh. to see this, huh? Wow. I mean, I've been laying on the street, and you know, yeah. I, I, I wasn't I wasn't supposed to be here mm. a couple of times. I, I died in a swimming pool one time. My best friend Ricardo Pooh dove in. I died in a swimming pool. I thought felt I thought I was dying. I'm oh, dying. Okay. I was drowning. Uh, drowning. I was uh, drowning. Yeah. And a friend of mine dumped in and saved my life. Saved your life. Wow. Yeah, Ricardo Prude. I, I still I talk you? to him about that all the time. Ricardo, mm-hmm. the one I was trying to talk to or uh, somebody about. Mm-hmm. You know. mm-hmm. Oh, that guy. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good dude, you know. Uh-huh. She'd rather be, you know. Okay, you're getting off, off, dad, yeah, off back subject. to your birthday. Okay. Yes. Anyway, anyway, yes, you know, I had a, a birthday. Uh, really, I want to thank my wife. Yeah. Uh, for uh, setting me out. Hey, Marjorie. Uh, <laughs> Marjorie. I can't tell it, but all I can tell you is, <laughs> 64, you got to do all that. Man. You got a smile on wow. your face, I'll tell That's you that. Girl, man. I, man, man, my girl, she she just laid me out, man. What she gave me for my birthday, man, was just outstanding. Yeah. You, you know. can't tell us? Uh-uh. uh-uh. What you did, uh-uh. dog? Uh-uh. No. No. You got another plane, huh? You got another damn plane? Oh, hell no. <laughs> okay. My wife can't go buy no plane. You know what kind of meetings we have to have to go do something like that? <laughs> you got to have meetings on Man, that. you can't just, you can't just go buy no damn plane. <laughs> what? <laughs> I wish. Oh, it's going to happen one day, but no. Mm-hmm. No, man, it's just, uh, you, you know what it is, man. I, I, I talk to y'all because y'all friends of mine, and I know y'all will be happy for me, and I know a lot of my listeners will be happy for Certainly. me, but... You know, I keep a lot of stuff to myself because there's so many haters. What you doing all that for in the pandemic? Well, hell, it's still the pandemic. (laughs) What you want us to stop doing? We can't stop living because it's the pandemic. Mm. You know? Right. And and you know what I learned at 64? In spite of the pandemic, God is still in the blessing business. There's some great things Mm -hmm. happening for some people, man. Mm -hmm. Even in the middle of a global pandemic. And I happen to be one of those because, once again, I live my life in the expectation that God is going to do something great for me, even on the heels of something going so bad and so wrong. Mm. 
Right. Wow. I mean, yeah. man, you know, I've really mm-hmm. grown as a person, man, to understand that when something goes wrong in my life, all I got to do is ride it out. Yeah, count it all it's, joy. Count it he all always joy. got something for me on the other side. Mm-hmm. I ain't never seen him have something negative happen to me, and it just stayed negative. He's mm-hmm. turned every last one of my catastrophes into an abundant blessing. I can truly wow. say that today. Wow. Y'all wow. seen me. You better, you better say it. <laughs> Y'all done seen me. Oh, yes. yeah. I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know how many times they done wrote me off? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. he finished now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't know that God I served, though, partner. You just Amen. Don't. Yeah. All right, Steve. Uh, we're going to um, take it on over. Introduce, please, the news, Miss Ann. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Ann Tripp. Thank you very much, everybody. And here we go. Vice President-elect Kamala Harris steps down today from her California Senate seat. And then, of course, in two days, she's to make history as the first woman, the first black, the first East Indian, the first Asian uh, to serve as vice president. She also becomes uh, the president of the Senate. Now, that's a largely ceremonial position, as you expect. But in a Senate split, 50-50, which is what we have now, which we're going to have after January 20, uh, 20th, uh, Kamala Harris gets to cast a tie-breaking vote, which would, you know, assume, we assume it would be in favor of the Democrats. California Governor Gavin Newsom's picked Secretary of State Alex Padilla to replace her. That would make Padilla California's first Latino senator. And get this, it's first male U.S. senator in more than 30 years. Hmm. Los Angeles County unfortunately hit a COVID milestone over the weekend. There are now more than one million confirmed cases of the coronavirus in the most populous California county. And the strain out of the U.K. is now in L.A. Health officials say that this new variant is about 50 percent more contagious than the form we've been dealing with all this time. More contagious Not more deadly, but just more contagious. And health experts also say it's likely that the new British Isles version of the COVID is already spreading in Southern California. In the wake of the Capitol Hill riot, meanwhile, and the run up to the election, armed groups did descend on a few state capitals yesterday, but no major problems were reported. Authorities in Lansing, Michigan, say, for instance, that about 20 armed men showed up outside the Capitol building. There were no violent incidents and no arrests. All the gunmen were gone by 3 p.m. An armed group was also reported outside of New Jersey's capital in Trenton yesterday. There were no arrests, but the uh, New York Times reports that there were also some small anti-government protests in Ohio, Oregon, uh, Wisconsin, and Texas. The handful of Georgia state senators, by the way, who tried to negate the presidential election results have been stripped of their committee chairmanships. Lieutenant Governor Jeff Duncan, who happens to be a Republican, made that call. And now State Senator Brandon Beach of Alfreda uh, has been removed as head of the Transportation Committee. Uh, Byrne Jones of Jackson has been removed as head of the Insurance and Labor Committee. Matt Bass of Noonan is off the reapportionment and redistricting committee. He will serve instead on the Banking and Financial Institutions Committee, which is described by the Atlanta Journal-Constitution is really a lesser or less important position, so it's kind of demotion. Finally, since Donald Trump was the first president in the White House since more of the century who who didn't have a dog, uh, Joe Biden's bringing two. Major and champ, both German shepherds, has already been an inauguration. Do you promise? Lift your paw. Okay, just so you know. Now back to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. Happy King Holiday. Well, Steve, this Wednesday is the inauguration of the 46th president, president-elect Joe Biden, and the first African-American woman vice president-elect Kamala Harris. Uh, We also, yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, what can you say? We're so happy. We also just had a huge win in Georgia, Senate runoff election uh, with Reverend Raphael Warnock, uh, pastor of Dr. Ebenezer Baptist Church, uh, and then a Jewish Democratic Senator, John Ossoff. Why is voting so important? I think it's important to talk about it on MLK Day as well. As we've proven in this election right here, Mm -hmm. that when we make a decision as a people and we move as a people, We have far more power than we thought. Make no mistake about it, man. The young people that turned out for this election made a difference. The young people who turned out in this election, who did not vote before, made the Mm -hmm. difference. Mm -hmm. It started in Milwaukee when they turned around Wisconsin. Mm But they wasn't really tripping right there. They they went on over to Michigan, and then that's where they, this was the blue wall that they had to hold on to. Mm-hmm. And then Detroit showed up. And Lord have mercy, the vote changed it. Detroit won Michigan. And then it came down to Pennsylvania. Woo-hoo! And then Pennsylvania, it got to Philly. Philly. And Philly WDS 105.3 <laughs> sounds like Philly to yes, me. Yes, yes. <laughs> they showed up, man, yes. and clowned at them polls, and they messed around and won Pennsylvania. And then we came down here to Georgia. The dirty And song. then it got to Fulton County, Cobb County, Gwinnett mm-hmm. County, all of them counties, man, and, and, and Fulton. And all of a sudden, It was our turn. And then that black-brown vote showed up, and that turned the election, and then Georgia was won. And then we had a runoff. And we got to the runoff, and you looked up at the polls, and Leffler was winning, and Purdue was winning. And then the vote started coming in from them same counties again, and them same people showed up, but in bigger numbers. And all of a sudden, we affected the election again. That's why voting is important, because we proved in this election that we moves the needle. And now they got to deal with us as a as a voting block next time because we we powerful now. And they were so mad. They counted Georgia three times, (laughs) three times. times. (laughs) You lost three times. You lost three times. (laughs) Bought in computers, robots. Yeah. All right, coming up in 32 minutes after the hour, we'll have more of the Steve Harvey Morning Show on this King holiday right after this. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. Happy King Day. Well, Steve, back in 1963, the late great Congressman John Lewis spoke at the March on Washington. Then in 2013, Congressman Lewis gave a speech to commemorate the 50th anniversary on the March on Washington at the Lincoln Memorial. Here's an excerpt of Mr. Lewis's speech. Take a listen. 50 years ago, 50 years ago, I stood right here in this spot, 23 years old, had all of my hair and a few pounds lighter. So I come back here again to say that those days, for the most part, are gone. But we have another fight. We must stand up and fight the good fight as we march today. For there are forces, there are people who want to take us back. 
We cannot go back. We come too far. We want to go forward. Back in 1963, hundreds and thousands and millions of our brothers and sisters could not register to vote. When I stood here 50 years ago, I said, one man, one vote is the African cry. It is ours too. It must be ours. I also said, some people tell us to wait, tell us to be patient. I said 50 years later, we cannot wait. We cannot be patient. We want jobs and we want our freedom now. All of us, it doesn't matter whether we're black or white, Latino, Asian American or Native American. It doesn't matter whether we're straight or gay. We're one people, we're one family, we're one house. We all live in the same house. So I said to you, my brothers and sisters, we cannot give up. We cannot give out. We cannot give in. We must get out there and push and pull. Now, I, a few short years ago, almost 48 years ago, well, 48 years ago, almost 50 years ago, I gave a little blood on that bridge in Selma, Alabama, for the right to vote. I am not going to stand by and let the Supreme Court take the right to vote away from us. You cannot stand by. You cannot sit down. You got to stand up, speak up, speak out, and get in the way. Make some noise. The vote is precious. It is almost sacred. It is the most powerful, nonviolent tool we have in a democratic society, and we got to use it. Back in 1963, we hadn't heard of the internet. We didn't have a cellular telephone, my iPad, iPod. But we used what we had to bring about a nonviolent revolution. And I said to all of the young people, you must get out there and push and pull and make America what America should be for all of us. We must say to the Congress, Fix the Voting Rights Act. We must say to the Congress, pass comprehensive immigration reform. It doesn't make sense that millions of our people are living in the shadow. Bring them out into the light and set them on a path to citizenship. So hang in there. Keep the faith. I got arrested 40 times during the 60s, beaten, left bloody, and unconscious. But I'm not tired, I'm not weary, I'm not prepared to sit down and give up. I'm ready to fight and continue to fight, and you must fight. Thank you very much. I have a dream that we will honor Dr. King's real legacy, his last project, which was to wipe out malnutrition and not wipe out the malnourished. Too much war and violence and hatred. I have a dream that we, in fact, revive the war on poverty, affirm the right to vote for all Americans and student loan debt forgiveness, inspire youth to all go to college and make something happen in their lives and for our nation. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. Then there were those elected 
officials who found it useful to practice the old politics of division, doing their best to convince middle-class Americans of a great untruth, that government was somehow itself to blame for their growing economic insecurity, that distant bureaucrats were taking their hard-earned dollars to benefit the welfare cheat or the illegal immigrant. And then, if we're honest with ourselves, we'll admit that during the course of 50 years, there were times when some of us claiming to push for change lost our way. The anguish of assassinations set off self-defeating riots. Legitimate grievances against police brutality tipped into excuse-making for criminal behavior. Racial politics could cut both ways, as the transformative message of unity and brotherhood was drowned out by the language of recrimination. And what had once been a call for equality of opportunity, the chance for all Americans to work hard and get ahead, was too often framed as a mere desire for government support, as if we had no agency in our own liberation, as if poverty was an excuse for not raising your child, and the bigotry of others was reason to give up on yourself. All of that history is how progress stalled. That's how hope was diverted. That's how our country remained divided. But the good news is, just as was true in 1963, we now have a choice. We can continue down our current path in which the gears of this great democracy grind to a halt and our children accept a life of lower expectations, where politics is a zero-sum game, where few do very well while struggling families of every race fight over a shrinking economic pie. That's one path. Or we can have the courage to change. The March on Washington teaches us that we are not trapped by the mistakes of history, that we are masters of our fate, but it also teaches us that the promise of this nation will only be kept when we work together. We'll have to reignite the embers of empathy and fellow feeling, the coalition of conscience that found expression in this place 50 years ago. And I believe that spirit is there, that truth force inside each of us. I see it when a white mother recognizes her own daughter in the face of a poor black child. I see it when the black youth thinks of his own grandfather in the dignified steps of an elderly white man. It's there when the native-born recognizing that striving spirit of the new immigrant when the interracial couple connects the pain of a gay couple who are discriminated against and understands it as their own. That's where courage comes from. When we turn not from each other or on each other, but towards one another, and we find that we do not walk alone. That's where courage comes from. And with that courage, we can stand together for good jobs and just wages. With that courage, we can stand together 
for the right to health care in the richest nation on earth for every person. With that courage, we can stand together for the right of every child from the corners of Anacostia to the hills of Appalachia to get an education that stirs the mind and captures the spirit and prepares them for the world that awaits them. With that courage, we can feed the hungry and house the homeless and transform bleak wastelands of poverty into fields of commerce and promise. America, I know the road will be long, but I know we can get there. Yes, we will stumble, but I know we'll get back up. That's how a movement happens. That's how history bends. That's how when somebody is faint of heart, somebody else brings them along and says, come on, we're marching. There's a reason why so many who marched that day and in the days to come were young. For the young are unconstrained by habits of fear, unconstrained by the conventions of what is. They dare to dream differently, to imagine something better. And I am convinced that same imagination, the same hunger of purpose, stirs in this generation. We might not face the same dangers of 1963, but the fierce urgency of now remains. We may never duplicate the swelling crowds and dazzling procession of that day so long ago. No one can match King's brilliance, but the same flame that lit the heart of all who are willing to take a first step for justice, I know that flame remains. That tireless teacher who gets to class early and stays late and dips into her own pocket to buy supplies because she believes that every child is her charge. She's marching. That successful businessman who doesn't have to but pays his workers a fair wage and then offers a shot to a man, maybe an ex-con, who's down on his luck. He's marching. The mother who pours her love into her daughter so that she grows up with the confidence to walk through the same doors as anybody's son. She's marching. The father who realizes the most important job he'll ever have is raising his boy right, even if he didn't have a father, especially if he didn't have a father at home. He's marching. The battle-scarred veterans who devote themselves not only to helping their fellow warriors stand again and walk again and run again, but to keep serving their country when they come home. They are marching. Everyone who realizes what those glorious patriots knew on that day, that change does not come from Washington, but to Washington. The change has always been built on our willingness, we, the people, to take on the mantle of citizenship. You are marching. And that's the lesson of our past. That's the promise of tomorrow. That in the face of impossible odds, people who love their country can change it. And when millions of Americans of every race and every region 
every faith and every station can join together in a spirit of brotherhood, then those mountains will be made low and those rough places will be made plain and those crooked places now towards grace and we will vindicate the faith of those who sacrifice so much and live up to the true meaning of our creed as one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. Your clothes shouldn't just reflect your style. They should fit your lifestyle, too. Our friends at Kohl's understand that, which is why they offer an amazing selection of products and national brands that don't make you choose between fashion and function, style and comfort, work and workout. I'm talking all of your favorites like Nike, Under Armour, Adidas, Champion, and more. Designed for the look you want and the life you lead, all at the value you'll love. And now Kohl's has a new exclusive athleisure brand of their own called Flex. FLX. Flex balances smart, relevant style with functional performance and comfort ready for wherever the day takes you. And you know, Kohl's cares about sustainability, which is why the entire Flex collection is made using sustainable methods and materials. So you can flex your style, flex your body, and flex your impact on the world. Very cool. So when you want to look good, but you need it to be easy, effortless, and affordable, Kohl's is the only place to go. Shop in store or online at Kohl's.com. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. once said that life's most persistent and urgent question is, what are you doing for others? Coming up, we got some excerpts from Dr. King's I've Been to the Mountaintop speech. Let us rise up tonight with a greater readiness. In these powerful days, these days of challenge to make America what it ought to be, we have an opportunity to make America a better nation. And I want to thank God once more for allowing me to be here with you. You know, several years ago, I was in New York City autographing the first book that I had written. And while sitting there autographing books, a demented black woman came up. The only question I heard from her was, you, Martin Luther King, and I was looking down writing, and I said, yes. The next minute, I felt something beating on my chest. Before I knew it, I had been stabbed by this demented woman. I was rushed to Hullum Hospital. It was a dark Saturday afternoon. That blade had gone through, and the x-rays revealed that the tip of the blade was on the edge of my aorta, the main artery. And once that's punctured, you're drowned in your own blood. That's the end of you. It came out in the New York Times the next morning that if I had merely sneezed, I would have died. Well, about four days later, they allowed me, after the operation, after my chest had been opened and the blade had been taken out, to move around in the wheelchair in the hospital. They allowed me to read some of the mail that came in, and from all over the states and the world, kind letters came in. I read a few, but one of them I will never forget. I had received one from the president and the vice president. I've forgotten what those telegrams said. I'd received a visit and a letter from the governor of New York, but I've forgotten what that letter said. But there was another letter that came from a little girl, 
a young girl who was a student at the White Plains High School. And I looked at that letter, and I'll never forget it. It said simply, Dear Dr. King, I am a ninth grade student at the White Plains High School. She said, while it should not matter, I would like to mention that I'm a white girl. I read in the paper of your misfortune and of your suffering. And I read that if you had sneezed, you would have died. And I'm simply writing you to say that I'm so happy that you didn't sneeze. And I want to say tonight, I want to say tonight that I too am happy that I didn't sneeze because if I had sneezed, I wouldn't have been around here in 1960 when students all over the South started sitting in at lunch counters. And I knew that as they were sitting in, they were really standing up for the best in the American dream and taking the whole nation back to those great wells of democracy which were dug deep by the founding fathers in the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. If I had sneezed, I wouldn't have been around here in 1961 when we decided to take a ride for freedom and ended segregation in interstate travel. If I had sneezed, I wouldn't have been around here in 1962 when Negroes in Albany, Georgia, decided to straighten their backs up. And whenever men and women straighten their backs up, they are going somewhere because a man can't ride your back unless it is bent. If I had sneezed, if I had sneezed, I wouldn't have been here in 1963. The black people of Birmingham, Alabama, aroused the conscience of this nation and brought into being the Civil Rights Bill. If I had sneezed, I wouldn't have had a chance later that year in August to try to tell America about a dream that I had had. If I had sneezed, I wouldn't have been down in Selma, Alabama to see the great movement there if I had sneezed. I wouldn't have been in Memphis to see a community rally around those brothers and sisters who are suffering. I'm so happy that I didn't sneeze. And they were telling me, now it doesn't matter now. It really doesn't matter what happens now. I left Atlanta this morning and as we got started on the plane, that was six of us. The pilot said over the public address system, we are sorry for the delay, but we have Dr. Martin Luther King on the plane, and to be sure that all of the bags were checked, and to be sure that nothing would be wrong on the plane, we had to check out everything carefully, and we've had the plane protected and guarded all night. And then I got into Memphis, and some began to say the threats. I talk about the threats that were out. Yeah. Uh, what would happen to me from some of our sick white brothers? Well, I don't know what will happen now. We've got some difficult days ahead, but it really doesn't matter with me now because I've been to the mountaintop. I don't mind. Like anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place. But I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. 
And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain. And I've looked over. And I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you. But I want you to know the night that we as a people will get to the promised land. So I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. Coming up, we're going to play some excerpts from Dr. King's I Have a Dream speech. I am happy to join with you today in what will go down in history as the greatest demonstration for freedom in the history of our nation. Five score years ago, a great American in whose symbolic shadow we stand today signed the Emancipation Proclamation. This momentous decree came as a great beacon light of hope to millions of Negro slaves who had been seared in the flames of withering injustice. It came as a joyous daybreak to end the long night of their captivity. But 100 years later, the Negro still is not free. 100 years later, the life of the Negro is still sadly crippled by the manacles of segregation and the chains of discrimination. 100 years later, the Negro lives on a lonely island of poverty in the midst of a vast ocean of material prosperity. 100 years later, The Negro is still languished in the corners of American society and finds himself in exile in his own land. And so we've come here today to dramatize a shameful condition. In a sense, we've come to our nation's capital to cash a check. When the architects of our republic wrote the magnificent words of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. They were signing a promissory note to which every American was to fall heir. This note was a promise that all men, yes, black men as well as white men, would be guaranteed the unalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It is obvious today that America has defaulted on this promissory note insofar as her citizens of color are concerned. Instead of honoring this sacred obligation, America has given the Negro people a bad check, a check which has come back marked insufficient funds. But we refuse to believe that the bank of justice is bankrupt. We refuse to believe that there are insufficient funds in the great vaults of opportunity of this nation. And so we've come to cash this check 
A check that will give us upon demand the riches of freedom and the security of justice. We have also come to this hallowed spot to remind America of the fierce urgency of now. This is no time to engage in the luxury of cooling off or to take the tranquilizing drug of gradualism. Now is the time to make real the promises of democracy. Now is the time to rise from the dark and desolate valley of segregation to the sunlit path of racial justice. Now is the time. sands of racial injustice to the solid rock of brotherhood, now is the time. Make justice a reality for all of God's children. It would be fatal for the nation to overlook the urgency of the moment. This sweltering summit of the Negro's legitimate discontent will not pass until that is an invigorating autumn of freedom and equality. 1963 is not an end, but a beginning. Those who hope that the Negro needed to blow off steam and will now be content will have a rude awakening if the nation returns to business as usual. There will be neither rest nor tranquility in America until the Negro is granted his citizenship rights. The whirlwinds of revolt will continue to shake the foundations of our nation until the bright day of justice emerges. But that is something that I must say to my people who stand on the warm threshold which leads into the palace of justice in the process of gaining our rightful place we must not be guilty of wrongful deeds. Let us not seek to satisfy our thirst for freedom by drinking from the cup of bitterness and hatred. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. Right now, as promised, uh, we're going to play some of Dr. King's I Have a Dream speech, which he delivered on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial back in 1963. One day right there in Alabama, little black boys and black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day every valley shall be exalted. Every hill and mountain shall be made low. The rough places will be made plain. And the crooked places will be made straight. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all flesh shall see it together. This is our hope. This is a faith that I go back to the South with. With this faith, we will be able to hew out of the mountain of despair a stone of hope. With this faith, 
we will be able to transform the jangling discords of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. With this faith, we will be able to work together, to pray together, to struggle together, to go to jail together, to stand up for freedom together, knowing that we will be free one day. This will be the day when all of God's children will be able to sing with new meaning, my country tears of thee. Sweet land of liberty of thee I sing. Land where my fathers died, land of the pilgrim's pride. From every mountainside, let freedom ring. And if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. So let freedom ring. From the prodigious hilltops of New Hampshire, let freedom ring. From the mighty mountains of New York, let freedom ring from the heightening Alleghenies of Pennsylvania. Let freedom ring from the snow-capped Rockies of Colorado. Let freedom ring from the curvaceous slopes of California. But not only that, let freedom ring from Stone Mountain of Georgia. Let freedom ring from Lookout Mountain of Tennessee. Let freedom ring from every hill and mole hill of Mississippi, from every mountainside. Let freedom ring, and when this happens, when we allow freedom ring, when we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city, we will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty, we are free at last. We'll be back. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. Hey, it's Carla Farrell here from the Steve Harvey Morning Show on the iHeart Podcast Network, Talking AT&T. We all want to be heard, and when we're not, it's frustrating. It doesn't matter what it is. Look, you order a sandwich with extra, extra avocados, then you get the sandwich, nothing, nada, zip. Look, you and I both know extra avocados is a weird request. And extra, extra avocados is even weirder. But that's not the point. You want to be heard. And when you're not, it doesn't feel good. But you know who is listening and making changes, though? AT&T. They're doing whatever it takes to show all of their customers' voices are heard. So they're giving every customer, both new and existing, the same great deal. Are you hearing this? No matter if you've been with them forever or are you thinking about jumping over, every single person gets that same amazing deal. That means me. That means you. AT&T is listening to all of us. Check out smartphone pricing that's fair for everyone at att.com slash best deals. Restrictions apply. Steve, we got to say happy belated birthday to you. Yes, Yesterday sir. was yes. your 64th doggy birthday. Doggy yes, sir. 6-4, uh, like switching. <laughs> 64, pimp, you know what I'm saying? Look how good, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's hard, it's, it's hard to be this fly at 64, man. I ain't going to lie to you. I felt yeah. like it. I said, man, but you know, in all honesty, man, just number gratitude, man, because yeah. 
I'm gonna tell you, man. It was just some times, man. I, I really didn't think I would see 64. That you mm-hmm. would make it uh. to see this, huh? Wow. I mean, I've been laying on the street, and you know, yeah. I, I, I wasn't I wasn't supposed to be here mm. a couple of times. I, I died in a swimming pool one time. My best friend Ricardo Poo dove in. I died in the swimming pool. I thought felt I was, thought I was dying. I'm oh, dying. Okay. I was drowning. Uh, drowning. I was uh, drowning. Yeah. And a friend of mine dumped in and saved my life. Saved your life. Wow. Yeah, Ricardo Poo. I, I still I talk you? to him about that all the time. Ricardo, mm-hmm. the one I was trying to talk to or somebody about. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Oh, that guy. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good dude, you know. Uh-huh. She'd rather be, you know. Okay, you're getting off, dad, yeah, off back subject. to your birthday. Okay. Yes. Anyway, anyway, yes, you know, I had here. a birthday. Uh, really, I want to thank my wife yeah. uh, for uh, setting me out. Hey, Marjorie. Uh, mm-hmm. Marjorie. I can't tell it, but all I can tell you is. Sixty-four. You got to do all that. Man, you got a smile on wow. your face. I'll tell That's you that. Girl, man, I, man, man. My girl, she she just laid me out, man. What she gave me for my birthday, man, was just outstanding. Yeah. You can't oh. tell us. Uh-uh. uh-uh. What you did, dog? Uh-uh. No. No. You got another plane, huh? You got another damn plane? Oh, hell no. <laughs> okay. My wife can't go buy no plane. You know what kind of meetings we have to have to go do something like that? <laughs> you got to have meetings on Man, you can't, just, you can't just go buy no damn plane. <laughs> what? <laughs> I wish. Oh, it's going to happen one day, but no. Mm-hmm. No, man, mm-hmm. it's just, uh, you, you know what it is, man. I, I, I talk to y'all because y'all friends of mine, and I know y'all will be happy for me, and I know a lot of my listeners will be happy for me, but... You know, I keep a lot of stuff to myself because there's so many haters. What you doing all that for in the pandemic? Well, hell, it's still the pandemic. Mm. <laughs> what yeah. you want us to stop doing? We can't stop living because it's the pandemic. Mm. You know? Right. And, 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 and you know what I learned at 64? In wow. spite of the pandemic, God is still in the blessing business. There's some the great things mm-hmm. happening for some people, man. Mm-hmm. Even in the middle of a global pandemic. And I happen to be one of those because, once again, I live my life in the expectation that God is going to do something great for me, even on the heels of something going so bad and so wrong. Wow. I mean, yeah. man, you know, I've really mm-hmm. grown as a person, man, to understand that when something goes wrong in my life, all I got to do is ride it out. Yeah, count it all it's, joy. Count it he all He always joy. got something for me on the other side. Mm-hmm. I ain't never seen him have something negative happen to me, and it just stayed negative. He's mm-hmm. turned every last one of my catastrophes into an abundant blessing. I can truly wow. say that today. Wow. Mm. Y'all seen me. You better, you better say it. <laughs> Y'all done seen me. Oh, yes. yeah. I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know how many times they done wrote me off? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. he finished now. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know that God I served, oh partner. You just Amen. Don't. Yeah. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. Well, the King holiday is a day of service. So, what are you guys doing to serve others? You know, food for thought. I know, Steve, you and your wife, though, are always giving back. The Harvey Foundation did mentoring virtually this year due to the pandemic, always giving back. I mean, you know, it's it's the one thing that I have to, uh, that I've really tried to hang my hat on over mm-hmm. the years, uh, just like uh, 
you with the breast cancer thing and Tommy yes. with the miles of giving, you know, Junior better. with the Sickle Cell mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Foundation and Shirley um, with, with the uh, walks and the... Uh, Domestic what am I trying violence to say? awareness. Domestic violence is everything. I'm sorry, Shirley. I was trying. It's okay. I said the walks and everything. You know, be the out walks. there walking and things, you know, and <laughs> yeah. circling, I'm circling buildings, you, like you know. I'm looking at you like, you know, I and see sending flowers say. and, you know, yeah. and doing things, you know. But right. all of us, all of us are committed to different causes. And, you know, it's because, back. you know, God, God blesses you to become a blessing. Yes, you know, absolutely. so it's really not just absolutely. me. I'm really proud of my entire team for working on the efforts that they work on. And I just commend everybody out there that puts in work. You know, it's not just me. It's It takes an effort, man. And a lot of people, your, your, your part plays a huge role in everything. So I say congratulations to everybody and keep giving because that's the spirit of Martin Luther King. That's right. To be a that's great right. leader, you must mm-hmm. first be a great follower and a great servant. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll Can't be back. lead from the back. Mm. Yes, sir. <laughs> we'll be back with more of the Steve Harvey Morning Show right after this. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. Happy King Day. Well, Steve, back in 1963, the late great Congressman John Lewis spoke at the March on Washington. Then in 2013, Congressman Lewis gave a speech to commemorate the 50th anniversary on the March on Washington at the Lincoln Memorial. Here's an excerpt of Mr. Lewis's speech. Take a listen. 50 years ago, I stood right here in this spot, 23 years old, had all of my hair and a few pounds lighter. So I come back here again to say that those days for the most part, are gone. But we have another fight. We must stand up and fight the good fight as we march today. For there are forces, there are people who want to take us back. We cannot go back. We come too far. We want to go forward. Back in 1963, Hundreds and thousands and millions of our brothers and sisters could not register to vote. When I stood here 50 years ago, I said, one man, one vote is the African cry. It is ours too. It must be ours. I also said, some people tell us to wait, tell us to be patient. I said 50 years later, we cannot wait. We cannot be patient. We want jobs and we want our freedom now. All of us, it doesn't matter whether we're black or white, Latino, Asian American or Native American. It doesn't matter whether we're straight or gay. We're one people, we're one family, we're one house. We all live in the same house. So I said to you, my brothers and sisters, We cannot give up. We cannot give out. We cannot give in. We must get out there and push and pull. Now, I, a few short years ago, almost 48 years ago, well, 48 years ago, almost 50 years ago, I gave a little blood on that bridge in Selma, Alabama, for the right to vote. I am not going to stand by and let the Supreme Court take the right to vote away from us. You cannot stand by. You cannot sit down. You got to stand up 
Speak up, speak out, and get in the way. Make some noise. All right, coming up, it is our last break of the day on this MLK Day. We'll have some closing remarks. That's coming up at 49 minutes after the hour, right after this. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. It's crazy how much we have to pay for outdated, impersonal health care. And even crazier that we all just accept it. It's time to face facts. Healthcare is backwards. Luckily, there's Forward, a new approach to primary care that's surprisingly personal and refreshingly straightforward. Forward never makes you feel like just another patient. Backed by top-rated doctors and the latest tech, Forward gives you access to personalized care whenever you need it. Using in-depth genetic analysis and real-time blood work, Forward's top-rated doctors provide you with in-depth insights to better understand your genetics, mental, and physical health. They then create custom, easy-to-understand plans to help guide you to achieving long-term health. With Forward, you get unlimited in-person visits with your doctor and access to care anytime via the Forward app, all for one flat monthly fee. It's time to stop accepting backwards health care and start moving your health forward. Visit GoForward.com today to learn more. That's GoForward.com. All right, here we are, our last break of the day on this Martin Luther King Jr. Day 2021. And Steve, you're right. We're here. We made it to 2021. Man, we made it. That's mm-hmm. that's such a blessing, man. Mm-hmm. And like I was saying uh, the other day, last week, you know, we, we've been dealing so much with this uh, riots and these uh, terrorists and this uh, Trump and the attack and, the, and impeachment and all like this. We forgot to celebrate 2021. And now here we are halfway through the month and we finally stopped for a moment to take a, take a moment and breathe and celebrate Martin Luther King. And in closing, that's what I'm talking about. It's just Martin Luther King, man. I mean, one of the great men of our times, one of the great men in history. If you didn't like Martin Luther King's teachings because you were more of a violent, that's you. But that has never worked for us. It has, it is, his way was the absolute best way to accomplish what we were trying to get accomplished. You, he taught us something that I've remembered. You cannot conquer hate with more hate. The only way to conquer hate is with love. You can't put out a fire with more fire. Somebody got to bring water. You can't get rid of the darkness without light. The sun got to come up. Somebody got to strike a match. We need light to battle darkness. If you're in the darkest cave in the world, if you just strike one match, you become the brightest glow. You provide the glimmer of hope. And all we have to do is try to remember what Dr. King was teaching us, to be light. Be light wherever you go. All of us can be light in your own particular way. You don't have to be a star to be light. You ain't got to have no TV shows, no radio show. You ain't got to be an IG model. You ain't got to have the title. You can just be a light. I remember when we was little, man, I was in this little gospel choir called the Joylanders. And the little song that they used to love to have us come up and sing was This Little Light of Mine. 
I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. That was the little kid song. And we go up there singing it, man. And one time we got through singing, my mama asked me, because she was Sunday school, she said, Steve, do you know what that means? And I said, yeah. And she said, what does it mean? Said, I'm going to shine my light. She said, do you know what the light is referring to? I said, yeah, like a flashlight. You know, because I'm a little boy, what I know. She said, no, it's your attitude. She said, you want to be a person when you grow up, that when you walk in the room, that you represent light. That people are glad when you walk in the room. Then she used an example. She said, you know, Sister Patterson? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, you ever notice when she walk in how everybody feel? I said, they be sad, mama. She said, that's right. You know why? I said, no. She said, because she's negative. She said, but do you know how you feel when Sister Abigail come in the room? I like Abigail. She said, everybody like her. You know why? Because she light. She was just trying to teach me in her own simple way as a Sunday school teacher of how to be. And, you know, it really was. And as I grew up and I got older, I remembered that song, This Little Light of Mine, I'm Gonna Let It Shine. And I've tried to live my life. I've not always accomplished it, but I've tried to live my life so when I walk in the room, I'm light. I don't ever want to walk in the room and people go, oh, man, here he comes. Oh, man, what he want. And all of you know people like that. All of you know someone that every time they come in the room, man, you got to go, oh, here comes so-and-so. That's why they have that saying. Before somebody come over there, the question is, who all over there? That's the first question. Hey, man, you coming through, who all over there? Because they want to check to see if I'm walking into a light situation or am I having this great day and I'm going to have to walk into some darkness. I choose to be light, man. We all choose to be light here. We come on this show in the morning to be light. This ain't a dark, gloomy show you tune into because we all of us recognize the fact that we have to provide a light no matter how our day is going no matter what bad news we got the night before when we click this mic in the morning we are the steve harvey morning show and we got to be light now let me tell you something we feel the same woes and pains you feel it we saw what they did to aubrey we saw what they did to george floyd we saw what happened to brianna taylor but see, I'm 64 years old. I saw what they did to Martin Luther King. I saw what they did to Emmett Till. I saw what they did to all these people, man. I've been hearing about this stuff my whole life. I saw what they did to my grandfather. I saw what they did to my father. I saw what they did to my mother. I saw what they, I'm old enough. I saw colored only water fountains. I done seen it. But in spite of all that, I choose to live my life as light. I'm not finna let them people who hateful and bigoted ruin me to where I become hateful and bigoted. Now I'm walking around, ain't nobody glad to see me. I'm not gonna do that. Your hatred of me, now I'm not gonna tolerate your hatred of me, don't get me wrong, but I choose to be light. I'm asking everybody, be a light wherever you go. 
and thank you for caring. Those are my closing remarks. Happy MLK Day to everybody out there. Be some light today, all right? Yeah. For all Steve Harvey contests, no purchase necessary, void where prohibited. Participants must be legal U.S. residents at least 18 years old unless otherwise stated. For complete contest rules, visit steveharveyfm.com. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. GEICO knows there are many reasons why you ride. From the exciting adventure of the daily commute to the peace of mind that GEICO always has your back with 24-7 access to claim service and legendary customer service. But Pamela Mund had one reason in particular. My skin is extremely averse to most fabrics, except for the soft, buttery feeling of leather. Thankfully, I found my clan of leather lovers in the biking community. It's been life-changing. GEICO Motorcycle. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Business as usual is a thing of the past. These days, when it comes to helping businesses evolve and innovate, a little unconventional thinking goes a long way. T-Mobile for Business breaks with convention to help businesses realize new possibilities. They offer America's largest and fastest 5G network, a reimagined customer experience to give you solutions in the moment, and premium benefits like 5G with every plan. Get unmatched network support and value without any trade-offs. Details at T-Mobile.com slash unconventional. Open signal awarded T-Mobile fastest 5G network based on average speeds. USA 5G user experience report January 2021. Capable device required. Coverage not available in some areas. Some users may require certain plan or feature. See T-Mobile.com.